excuse me, James chapter 1, verses 1 through 16. says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low. Because as a flower of the grass he shall pass away for the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat but it withereth the grass and the flower thereof falleth and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth so also the rich man fade away in his ways blessed is the man that endures temptation for when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when and, and sin, when it is finished, bringing forth death, do not err, my beloved brethren, precious Lord. We need your grace. We need your grace preached to us. We need your grace to sanctify us. We need your grace to sustain us. We need your grace, Father God, so that when we when we put the first three together, we can give you glory, Father God. We need to have your glorifying grace. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for your graces. Amen. Amen. So so when I look at when I look at James, we're starting off this chapter. James was a pastor. James was a preacher, but he called himself a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, then, he, then, he, then he gets right into it. He, he says in verse number two, he says, my brother, my sisters too. Leaving y'all out. He said, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations or different troubles and obstacles pop up in your life. And, and stuff start happening that you may not have control over. He said this, knowing this. That the trying of your faith worketh patience. How about that? You don't want no faith that ain't tried. Amen. 
Amen. You don't want no faith that ain't been tested because you don't know when it's, if it's going to hold up Amen. when the heat is on. Then he says in verse 4, he's talking to his congregation. I like this. Let patience have her perfect weight. Work, excuse me. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. How about that? And if you have any want, this one ought to head the lips. If any of you lack wisdom, all our hands should go up. Don't ask man. Don't turn on the news and, and, and see what the, 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 what the media is saying about how to handle a situation. They don't know how to handle many situations. For us, we got one source of wisdom. He says, let him ask of God, the God of wisdom. They give it to all men liberally. Okay. Verse six, I like. But let them ask in faith. We learned something about faith this morning in Sunday school with Mary. And Mary, Mary didn't question God. She just said, "How are we going to do this?" Let them ask in faith. Nothing wavering, for he that wavers is like is like a wave of the sea. Driven with the wind and tossed. Ain't nothing like a wavering friend, is it? Ain't nothing like a wavering loved one. You don't know what you're getting. Okay, I, I was, me and Cindy had this conversation the other day. I, you know, I, I'll take crazy all the time over wavering. I'll take crazy all the time. I, I, I can deal with crazy all the time. At least I know when you show up, it's going to be crazy. Okay, I, yeah, and, 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 and that's fine. But you show up one, I, I don't know where you're at, I don't know where you're coming from. That's, that's, that's troublesome. That's wavering, that's troublesome. Okay, if they show up. He says, he says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now, why am I giving you all this? Why, why am I leading with, with, with James and all his preaching? Because how we deal with this? Because all of us have been there. All of us have wavered. All of us have been tossed. All of us have, all of us have been double-minded at times. Okay? None righteous. No, not one. So, so, so James, is, James is a preacher. And, 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 I, and I was saying a couple weeks ago when I started this whole series on grace, there's, there's something called... Preach grace. What's that? Never heard of that. Had to look it up. Preach grace. What is preach grace? I hear you guys always say when y'all praying, you know, the pastor going to preach the word of God. He's going to stay in the book. He's going to preach the word of God. I had nothing else to talk about. Okay. There ain't nothing. I mean, why would I come up here and say, I, I, listen, you won't want to hear my story. Because my story, my story is not covered in blood. My story, my story ain't saving nobody. Okay? Paul, my hero. Amen. After I see Jesus, I'm going to see Paul, and then I'm going to see them sailors. Okay? Paul, Paul, Paul says, preach the word. Okay? In season, in, in out of season. He said, be instant. 
And when they questioned Paul, so Paul said, listen, Paul said, I'm determined to know nothing else among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, he, he, went, he went all over the place. You knew where he was coming from when he showed up. Okay, and I think folks ought to know that when they show up to church. Amen. Now hear the word. Now, now after church, we can sit in the we can sit in the in the fellowship hall, and I talked to you about the Browns game last night. But y'all don't need to hear that now. Somebody, somebody needs to hear a gospel. Somebody needs to hear a word. Okay, Paul preach grace. He said, "Preach grace is the preaching of the gospel, which, when accompanied by the ministry of the Holy Spirit." Releases the power to transform sinners into saints by God's grace. I thought that was a wonderful definition. What did we talk about last week? Oh, I hate to go back, but I'm going to go back. Somebody say, dare you to go back. Actual grace. We talked about actual grace last week. Just in review. Actual grace. What is actual grace? It is a special grace that God gives us so that we can do the right thing. There's a lot of good people in the world. There's a lot of good people. I've, I've gone around this, this, this state and I've met wonderful people in all, all, all races, all nationalities, everywhere. Wonderful people. They don't get the headlines. The bad stuff, don't, good stuff don't sell. I tell you all about the nurses and work with in hospice and some of the social workers that really go beyond the call of duty to do the right thing. You know what that is? That's actual grace. Okay? Not saving grace. But it's just actual grace. The guy that picked up my phone yesterday when I was sitting in, in, in Panera Bread working on a sermon. Imagine that. I go to the bathroom. I forget. I put my phone in there. Go back. It's gone. See, he ain't had actual grace. Amen. He, actual grace would have said, somebody left their phone. In the bathroom, let me turn it in. And when I walk up to the counter and say to the lady, did anybody turn the phone in? She would say, yes. God just picked it up in the bathroom. Here it is, sir. Actual grace in action. (laughs) Actual grace wasn't in action yesterday. Okay? Listen, actual grace tells you. Actual grace tells you. Leave children alone. That's actual grace. Actual grace, actual grace will tell you, you out there dating. Well, I'm so glad I ain't dating. Amen. Amen. I'm so, because there's some crazy folks out there on both sides. Crazy women, crazy men. Actual grace will tell you, this brother crazy. This sister off the charts. That's what actual grace do. Actual grace, I could call it warning grace. I could call it warning grace, okay? Actual grace says, trust in the Lord with all thy heart to the believer and lean not unto thy own understanding. Actual grace, common grace, common grace. See, we get get confused with common grace. Don't confuse common grace with justifying grace. Common grace, everybody has some common grace. God's been good to everybody. Okay, common grace, got a nice family, I got a nice house, I got a nice car, I got a nice job. You know, I, I, God's been good to me. The rich, young, the rich man who wore the purple ate some sushi every day. He didn't have justifying grace. How do I know? Because he was justifying, you got justifying grace, you ain't going to hell. Okay? He had common grace. He, he lived good. 
And 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 when and and he lived good every day. God had been good to him. Okay, listen. Believers will experience common grace and saving grace, but an unbeliever only experiences common grace. And common grace don't get you to heaven. I feel we don't like to believe that. We're like, well, he was such a good man. He'd have gave you the shirt off his back. Let me tell y'all something. Hell gonna be full of folks like that. That's so sad. You know, he was a good man. Took care of his family, took care of his kids, loved his wife, loved everybody, didn't love Jesus. Common grace. Common grace is that grace that says this. He, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Common grace. Common grace. Let me. I'm just flipping the page. Remember we talked about pre- pre- preventing of grace yes, last week? That's that grace. That's that grace that you, you ever feel like God is chasing you? God is after you. Stuff keep happening. You can't explain it. And you and it's, it's just God is just, just wooing you and, and drawing you and pursuing you. You ever been like that? Yeah, now think about this when you talk to people who don't know the Lord they're coming to you and, and they're sharing stories and stuff that they can't explain is going on in their life and, and just, just explain hey that may be God trying to get their attention Amen. maybe that's the person that we, we read what one man planted another man watered but God gets the glory you may be in one he may, he may need some water in okay See, see, no man comes to the Father unless God draws him. We were drawn. We were drawn. Remember, I, I, last week I talked about Lydia and, 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 and how God had been working with Lydia. Prior to when Paul showed up, God had already been working with Lydia. Let me read it to you. Acts 16, 14. And it says a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God. She was worshiping. I mean, the God she was worshiping didn't have no son named Jesus. But when Paul showed up, she found out that he had a son named Jesus who was born of a virgin who walked this earth and lived a sinner's life and was crucified and buried and rose on the third day. And, and it says she worshiped God, but when she heard that, when she heard Paul's message, whose heart the Lord opened, Amen. that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul, she walked away from Judaism. <laughs> Okay, all right. That's that God getting after you kind of grace. Okay, that God getting after you kind of grace. See, we don't like it. We know, you know what? I didn't got out of some serious jams, you know, and 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 we don't get God the credit. You know, we don't want to say to God be the glory. To God be the glory, because because if we accept God's grace. Then we gotta accept his rules. And we know his rules aren't heavy. Okay? Justifying grace. 
This is the grace. Then now we get into the serious stuff here. You know, we can have actual grace. You're a good person. You keep your yard cut and everything. You pay all your bills on time and you be nice to people. You know, you might, you might help somebody across the street. You got, you got good, you know, you're a good guy. All right. But here's justifying grace. Here's justifying grace. The old folks used to say justifying grace is grace just as, just as if you never sinned type grace. Here's, here's Paul writing about justifying grace in Romans 5, one of the great chapters in the Bible. Romans chapter 5. Paul says this, therefore being justified by faith. How about that? Justifying grace. Grace, grace that, that, that is, is based on your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Justifying grace. Paul says, therefore being justified by grace. Paul didn't, ever, Paul didn't have his grace before he, while he was going down to Damascus. Mm-hmm. He didn't have justifying grace. Matter of fact, he was going to slaughter some people that had it. Then God says, when I'm done with you, you're going to have this justifying grace and you're going to preach it. And nobody preached it better than Paul. Paul says in Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? Prior to Paul meeting Jesus on Damascus Road, one thing he didn't have is peace with God. Matter of fact, he, he hated God. He hated Jesus. And he wanted to kill everybody to believe that Jesus was the son of God who died for their sins and rose from the grave. Watch this. Watch this. All the way to verse number nine of Romans five. He said there's much more then. Being now justified by his blood. We shall. We shall be saved from the wrath through him. Uh Uh-oh. That's some good grace, ain't it? Justifying grace told Titus to teach it. Anytime you read Titus, 1st, 2nd Timothy, those, those are what they call the, the, the pastoral epistles. So what Paul was, when Paul was teaching Titus and Timothy, he was saying, teach this. Don't, don't, get, don't get all that buffet stuff. Jeez, here's what you teach, Titus. Titus 3, 7. That, that, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. How about that? Amen. How about that? Have you been justified by his grace? If you've been justified by his grace, then you know, then you've been set up. Now you're ready. You, you, you ever, you ever, you ever, you ever hear, hear someone? I, I, you know, I, I'm a sports guy, so you know, he had everything. They had all the ski, all the skills, all the tools, but they never put them to work. How about that? I used to, I used to, when I used to go work at the prison, I'd go to the gym, and there were some brothers in there that could flat out ball. I mean, there were some talented young brothers in there. I mean, they was, they was doing it all, 360 dunks and shooting from half court jumper. I mean, you had little young Steph Curry's in there, Michael Jordan, LeBron. I mean, they was ballers, and they was in prison. Okay, had all the skills. Had all the tools, but something was missing. Okay. That's where sanctifying grace comes in. This is a good grace here. Sanctifying grace. This is, this is the grace that enables you to be a Christian. Well, oh, Pastor, that, that, that's kind of different, huh? Let me, let, me, let, me, let me bring it back. Justifying grace and preeminent grace enables you to become a Christian. Okay, but it is sanctifying grace 
that enables you to be a Christian. Ah, that makes sense. Okay, because what is sanctification? Sanctification is 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 God working in you to be the best Christian you can be. So, some might call it transforming grace. How about that? It's this, this is the kind of grace that transforms you, okay? Or it may be called enduring grace. We're going to talk about enduring grace in a minute. One guy wrote like this. He said, it's called rest of my life grace. Okay? You're going to be, you're going to be walking in your sanctification for the rest of your life. We talked about it on Wednesday night. He that what? Endureth to the end shall be saved. So this person here has sanctifying grace because that, this is the grace that, that enables us to be better and better and better. But see, the longer, the longer you saved, the more you ought to hate sin. All right? The, more, the longer you saved, the more you ought to hate sin. You don't, you don't want to sin. Not that you, you, you stop at some point. Some people teach, well, once you get saved and sanctified, you don't sin no more. That's not true. But when you do, you ought to be like, man, I didn't want to do that, but I did it. Help me, Lord. Okay? Help me, Lord. Listen, let me give you a couple of verses on sanctifying grace. Okay? Flip Ephesians 4 and 23. And this one sort of, sort of coincides with Romans 12, 1, where Paul says, be renewed in the mind. Okay? But Ephesians 4, 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind okay constantly constantly you 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 check in it's like it's like you would you would you would do uh, on your job and most of us go on, go on our job we got certain things we if we were to run a press like deacon jeremy i mean if the press ain't running he's got to make check it and make sure everything is heated up and ready to go okay same thing you want you want to you want to you want to take an inventory of where you at I think next next one, well, the first Sunday, we always say, "Let a man want." Examine yourself. Make sure you make sure you're growing in grace. Make sure your sanctification is is turned on. Cindy, Cindy, we have a location phone, finders on on our phones, and and she was saying, "Well, yours was off," because I was like, "Call my phone and see where it's at." You know, she said it ain't been on. Okay, and then she said, "Well, you must be not not want me to know where you was at." Don't be fooled by that pretty face back there. <laughs> but I have to have my I have to have my location finder on because that's how my job keeps track of me. Okay? And and a lot of times I don't know. So I don't know. We kicked off. I talked called her, I'm like, it ain't on. Okay? So we want to know where we at spiritually. Alright? We we ought to know why we're having a bad day or a bad moment or some difficulties in our life. Alright? I always tell people, know your stress levels. Know where you at. Know if you got something going on in your world that's really troubling you, be careful because sometimes you could get into little situations because you're not you're not where you should be. And you're not aware that you stressed out. Okay? And you made them hit somebody. And you don't have to hit it with your hand, you can hit it with your car. People say most accidents are caused by people who are under a lot of stress. Okay? 
So, so, so Paul, Paul goes on and talking about sanctifying grace. This is really what he means in, in Colossians 3.10. He said, in having put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. This is why Paul can say, follow me as I follow Christ. Okay. And, 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 and then he says in Ephesians 2 and 10, he says, for we are for we are, for we are. Like Mary, like Mary said this morning in Sunday school, he said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. You're a Christian. She said, you're a Christian. You're born again. You've been justified. Okay? Now, now, sanctification identifies you as a child of God. So Paul says, for we are his workmanship. Okay. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. How about that? God created us under good works. Hmm. Sanctifying grace. Talking to a bunch of believers. They didn't got up on their high horse a little bit. You know, it's, 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 it's common. You know, you get, you get saved and God starts blessing you and you don't understand how to handle God's blessings. Most people, don't, would, most people wouldn't understand how to handle God's blessings, okay? Because he's a good God and God blesses good, all right? So he's talking to these folks who, now, now there's some folks that's come in that ain't quite where they at, okay? They ain't quite where they at. They ain't, they ain't, they, they ain't walking in their sanctification yet. Maybe they just been justified. Maybe the sanctification part ain't hit them. Okay, because it's a process. So Paul says to these folks, he says to these goody two shoers Christians, y- y- y'all, y'all like the goody two shoe Christians? All right, goody two shoes. They don't. They ain't done nothing since they got saved. They don't even want to talk about the fact back when they was drinking Jack Daniels. They don't want to talk about when they was back stealing cars and. They won't talk about none of that stuff. That's where I'm going to. Paul said, listen, listen. Y'all, y'all goody two-shoers. Know ye not, First, First Corinthians 6, 9, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? And then, he, then, then, then Paul, see, 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 he got his head cut off. All right? I, I think the world would be a whole lot better if we had some preachers getting their heads cut off. I say that. As a preacher, I say that. You know, I, I don't want to be first in line, but, you know, <coughs> I think we need some preachers worthy of getting their heads cut off. Okay? I, I think that would change the world. But the preacher, you know, name a preacher worthy of getting their heads cut off. That's what people you know, say they ain't messing with no preachers. They ain't no threat. Okay? Paul was a threat. Paul was a threat. Remember when Paul went to, he went to Las Vegas or Corinth and started a church. Paul started a church in downtown Las Vegas and the casinos was losing money. Now, I mean, people were leaving the casinos and, and they was going to church and, and, and they, they took up an oath. They didn't get this man up out of here. 
Man, that kind of that kind of preacher. How about that? He's Paul. Here's Paul talking to these goody two shooters who were looking down on folks. He said, "No, you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor relers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God." And I think he just. Put everybody's business out there. He didn't do it like Jesus did, wrote in the sand. He just told about everybody that was running their mouths. He said, I know some of y'all was into some stuff. You was born to Cain. You was a daughter. In. You was living the lifestyle of the LGBTQ. You were an adulterer. Stealing. Drinking. Revelers. Extortioners, you know, you can extort your parents. You ain't got to be extorting a business. You can extort folks that you love. And then Paul put them there. I, I can imagine you could hear a pin drop. They wasn't dancing around in church. They wasn't hitting the holy jig. They wasn't doing the running man or the stanky leg. No, they, not, not, not this message. They was just sitting there crying like, <laughs> he all in our business. How do you know? Okay. And Paul said this in verse number 11. This is fantastic. And such were some of you. You can hear a pin drop in there, boy. And such were some of you. So stop talking about these folks, but because you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you are justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of God. Put them all in place. And, it's, and then, then, then he used that statement, but God, but God, who's rich in mercy, his rich in mercy, washed you, sanctified you, and justified you in his name. Hmm. Sanctifying grace. I get a little sanctifying grace. I like that. I like that sanctifying grace. How about this one? How about this one? I'm, I'm, I'm getting more in than I thought I would. How about this one? How about this one? Substaining grace. Anybody, anybody, anybody has some substaining grace? Let me let me mark this. Some substaining grace. What is substaining grace? This is the grace that keeps you going when you want to quit when you want to throw in the towel when all hell's breaking out in your life and you just want to say listen I am done I had somebody somebody hit me up and say I'm about to quit I get that kind of stuff people put people write that kind of stuff on Facebook and on social media they're like I'm about to quit we hear about the guy T Witch I don't know if I'm saying it right T Witch now that y'all can call it twitch but you don't twitch with a capital T in a witch Twitch would be T W Okay. It's T capital small W witch. Let me tell you something. Let me just say what I gotta say. I don't care how you call it, it got witch in his name. And I ain't think I don't think he was born with that name. Okay? He wasn't born with that, he adopted that name. And if you can sit on the set with Ellen for 20 years, you will be suicidal. Okay? Now, now listen, he needed some sustaining grace, all right, because tough times coming. Now, now, the fact of the matter is they saying, well, he was part of that, part of that, uh, 
money laundering scheme lost all his money. Okay, well, say what he want to say. Let me tell you something. We lost something. We didn't all done suffered losses. Okay, we still got folks out there owe us money. All right. You know, hey, listen, listen. Las Vegas owe me a lot of money. Okay. Okay. The devil owe me a lot of money. Sustaining grace, supporting, nourishing, tolerating, enduring, weathering. I look at what these words mean, sustaining, continually. Okay? No, the opposite of sustaining is quitting. There ain't no, nothing called, no grace called quitting grace. That's not a grace. Here's, here it is. Keep you going, grace. Watch what David says. David says this in Psalms 55, 22. He said, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain you. How about that? And he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. See, see, this is why, this is why, and, 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 and I know we've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. Let me tell you something. Okay. And, and I know the church has different positions on suicide. But, but listen, let me tell you something. Okay. If you in your right mind and you understand the Lord and you have had preaching grace, listen, you're going to be taught. Sustaining grace. These scriptures, these scriptures are going to resonate in your heart, in your mind when you have those thoughts. Okay. Casting all your care upon him. Finish it. See, see, the people of God know this because we not only have been taught it, but we've sang it over the years. Casting all your care upon him for he care for you. We living in tough times. We living in troubled times. And Satan ain't playing because he never, he never played fair. Matter of fact, John 10, 10 says Satan come to do what? To steal, kill, and destroy. That's what he come to do. He ain't come to play with you. People running around here playing with the devil. He ain't nothing to play with. He's serious. That's sustaining grace. That's sustaining grace. I, I, I like to call it, it's that, it's that pressing grace. Paul had to have it. So he talked about it. Paul, Paul says this. He said, brother, I count not myself to apprehend, to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. What's the same do? He's a he's an accuser of the brethren. He don't want you to forget nothing you've done bad. Because he wants that thing, he wants you that thing to just drag along like a 20-pound weight on your leg. Paul said, I imagine Paul if he didn't forget. If God didn't give him the faith to forget those things, Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind. Okay? And reaching forth unto those things which are before. That's, that's sustaining grace. That's pressing grace. And then he says this, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I might call it forgetting grace. How about that? Somebody, somebody needs some forgetting grace. So there's, there's people maybe listening here, listening on sermon audio or on Facebook that can't forget. 
can't forget. Done something, done something despicable and can't forget. That thing going to drag you in and through the mud. Forgetting grace. How about this? Reaching grace. Paul said, I press toward the mark. You see, 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 heaven is a press way. Yes. All right. If you if, if life is smooth selling, you rest assured you ain't going up. Nothing goes up smoothly. I, I, I was talking to y'all about Karina is with me today. And we was when we was she was little. I told a story of our trip to Cedar Point and we got on the blue streak. And me and Karina was going up one click at a time. And Karina got up halfway up and she said, I want to get off. And my heart sunk. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. And she started tearing up and she was very upset with me. <laughs> okay. And we got to the top of that thing. And it seemed like it took us 45 minutes to get to the top. Oh, God. How about that? Forgetting grace. I don't think she still ride roller coasters. But that's another story. Listen. Sustaining grace gives you the strength to lay aside some stuff. Okay. Paul says this. He says this. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Sustaining grace. Let us lay aside every weight in the sin which do so easily beset us. And watch this. And let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. How about that? Looking unto Jesus. <laughs> Looking unto Jesus. The author and the finisher of our faith. He that has begun a good work in you is faithful and just to complete it. Don't let nobody tell you God started something and he ain't going to finish. Unless you to God... And that would be a little G, but whatever God started, he finished. And if God started a good work in you, the Bible says, not me, he is faithful. He is faithful. Not only is he faithful, he's just. Okay? Somebody said, where did that verse at? Hebrews 12 and 1. How about that? Watch this. For consider him that endured such contradictions of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. Look unto Jesus. When you think you got it tough, look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Substaining grace. Substaining grace. Listen. Listen. In Revelations 2, here's a, here's a great story. You know, there was, there was I don't know, was it the seven churches? The seven churches. Thyatira, Laodicea, Philadelphia, Smyrna, couple of I can't get them all. I, I'm not my mind ain't working like that this morning, okay? But there was two that God didn't curse. Here's one, found in Revelation two eight. Smyrna. That word Smyrna means crushed. This church, this church was crushed, okay? The people persecuted. Watch what God says to this church in Revelation 2.8. And the angel of the Lord, and the angel of, it says, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna. See, and no, no, no church is trying to be like Smyrna today. Okay, all, all the churches are trying to be like, 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 
Thyatira or the or Laodicea and the lukewarm churches. They, they don't want to be like, they don't, they're not trying to be Smyrna. This is not your model church, okay? They want to be big. And they want to they want to be on TBN. And they 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 got buses and playgrounds. I mean they just trying to and, and no word. Be careful. Unto the angel of the church of Smyrna. Watch this. These things say the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. He says, I know that works. You keep preaching that word. And you get a church that's preaching that word. It's going to go through some stuff. He says, I know that works. And tribulation. How about that? And poverty. But thou art rich. And he says, I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan. How about that? Right up in church. If Sylvia, was, if Sylvia was here today, she'd be like, yep, that man with the withered hand sitting up in there in church. Demons in church. Okay. There's nothing new. The church has always had demons in church. Okay? And the reason they stay because nobody preach them out. Amen. Okay? Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. God's talking to the church. He says, behold, pay attention. The devil shall cast some of you into prison that you may be tried and you shall have tribulation ten days. Now watch this. Watch this. We don't... We, we we don't want a headache. We don't want a backache. We don't want a footache. We don't want we don't want to go. You know, you are gonna get some tests. Satan to test your body. He'll test your body. He'll test you. He'll test you with the weather. Oh, too cold. He'll test you with your sleep. I'm sleeping in today. Okay. So Paul says it's a press way. Just like you pressing your way. The church, you're going to press your way to heaven. Amen. Do you, do you understand that the closest thing we have to heaven on earth, what is it? What is it supposed to be? It's the church. Amen. The church is the closest thing we will get in this life to heaven is the church. And people say, ah, I don't go to church. I'm the church. Church is in me. Get out of here. Where did I stop? He says, verse 10. He says, be thou faithful unto the end. You see this coming up often in our, in our last couple of weeks of Sunday school and Bible study. This is coming up often. Be thou faithful unto the end. What kind of grace is this? Fearless grace. How about that? I'll just put a name on it. Fearless grace. Fear none of these things. Thou shalt suffer. You can suffer, you can suffer with your loved ones. We ought to. We ought to be suffering. We think about our loved ones that don't know the Lord, that don't go to church, don't aren't saved, on their way to hell. You know, sometimes we ought to just be like, fall down on our knees and be praying for our loved ones. They lost and love it. Hmm. And we have ourselves to, as, as a as a our memories of our our past. What got us out of it? Hmm. Be faithful unto 
death. That's what the word of God is saying. Be faithful unto death. How are you going to do that? You better have some sustaining grace. You better have some sustaining grace. And I will give thee the crown of life. And then he says this. He that have an ear. Let him hear. What the spirit say unto the churches. Unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard by the second death. Overcoming grace. I like, I like, I like that sustaining grace because we need it. We, we got some stuff coming our way. We don't even know. And we don't, we don't, we don't want to know. God, what if God said, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you in the next five years. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. Let's get to this last grace. Is it the last grace? Yes, it's the last grace. I went, I went backwards in my notes. Glorifying grace. Glorifying grace. This is the grace that, that God gives us and enables us to glorify him in, in our life. Okay? Do, 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 now, when we sit here and look at and I sit here, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I know I call people out all the time. People say, well, you, I don't come to your church. Or you always call us out. Listen, that ain't no reason not to come. All right? But when we look at people and that we know that love the Lord, we ought to see them in a way, we ought to see them saying, you, we ought to say to ourselves, you know what? The way he lives or the way she lives gives God glory. How about that? How about that? When I, when I, when I, look, at, when I look at Jake and I watch how he fathered his kids and how he spent time with them and how he worked in all this overtime stuff. Okay. Okay. Even on our jobs, I, I, I don't imagine, I, don't, I wouldn't imagine going to Deacon Jeremy's job and say, hey, I show up or meet some, meet some of his buddies, you know, at the gym or somewhere and say, you know, you should know my deacon. He say he go to your church. And yeah, Deacon Jeremy, he, he, what, you know, what's he like? Oh, man, he's the laziest student in the planet. <laughs> Can't never find him, you know, can never find him. You know, he call off, he don't, I mean, see that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? We've been, we've been there. We've been there. There's some folks in here work GM, work the Packer. We, we're, you know, we've seen that. Folk running around, they got dresses on and no makeup. Cussing and they're some of the most rebellious folks. Church folk. We ought to, we, you know, we, ought, we ought to be the ones that the, the, the former can count on. No. Enough of that. Finally. It is glorifying grace that enables you to fully, to be fully confirmed, confirmed, formed to the image of God. How about that? Glorify God. Remember Moses coming down from the mountain? Glowing. He was just a glowing. He was just a glowing because he had been with God. He had been with God. And when we walk the streets, whether we go like this week, we go into the mall, we go into the, to the Walmart or wherever we go. You know, this, this man been with God. Look how, he, look how he talking and walking and, and greeting people and, and he ain't complaining. You know, you can find out real quick. People complain so much. People complain so much. Man. Well, 1 Corinthians 10.31. My life verse. In all you eat, drink, and do. Due to the glory of God. Due to the glory of God. Finally, brethren, pray for us. 
that the word of the Lord may have his free course and be glorified. That's Paul. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace. It's amazing. Thank you for your actual grace. Thank you for your common grace. Thank you for your justifying grace. Thank you for your sanctifying grace. Thank you for your sustaining grace. Father, thank you for the church that you shed your blood for. People ask, why do you love the church? Simple answer. Because Christ loved the church. And he shed his blood for it. And he died for the church. Father, let that fact go out into this world, Father God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. God keep you. this. Yo. Yes. Amen.